When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're already friggin' here. We're already doing it. You are listening to You Know What at the You Know Where by the You Know Who's, and we are here. It's Thursday. What are you guys doing out there? I suppose I, suppose I am guessing every single one of you is working for it. That's right. Work for it, baby. Let's I'm here go with uh, Dr. Brian Cohn, and we're <laughs> um, just waiting on Ben. He should be here very shortly. I have so much to talk about. Last week yeah, we man. did not, we were not able to get together because of time constraints and whatnot. However, I put out a quick thirty-minute show about just one theme, and it was being grateful. And mm-hmm. goodness, I, did I get a lot of messages and emails from people who that message resonated with and i want to let all y'all know that i am super appreciative for you telling me that you really like it in fact i I had an idea that maybe once in a while i'll just do a solo show and we'll mix it in with the the weekly show so like there'd be a there still be the regular thursday work for it podcast but like maybe i'll do like a quick 30 minute you know tuesday podcast or something by myself sounds good just to fire off some ideas and, you know, just to kind of share my experience uh, solo. But for most of you, uh, first and foremost, Brian, how you doing? How are you? I am doing great. It's been a really productive week. Um, This is starting to feel like, you know, I, I have that hour drive in each direction and it's starting to feel like, you know, I'm starting to get used to that drive, so it just kind of like melts away at, at you know four o'clock in the morning when I start heading over there. But um, I am starting to you know really organize myself really well so that when I'm there, my day are my days are completely you know packed full. So I'm getting very efficient in the shop. Um, I actually have a boatload of YouTube videos that are you know already 
um, most of them are ready, and most a couple of them are like ninety percent ready. Where it's just like, I'm starting to finish up this weekend on a couple of YouTube videos that are coming out in October. Ooh, so, so you're working ahead. You. What? I, yeah, I, I really like that. I really like that, Ben. You're, are you joining us today from um, Kazakhstan or what? Where are you? I can I can barely hear you. Sounds like you're on an AM radio. Oh, hold on. My my is that better? <laughs> my mic volume. Is no. Way down. No, no, it's dude. not. It, it's, <laughs> uh, it sounds. I am not kidding you. It's it sounds like you're about ready to play the 1930s dirty 30s best hits right across our am radio coming live at 5 30 a.m oh, ben jammin butler here we're gonna be uh, uh have you guys heard of this president eisenhower <laughs> he's fantastic oh shoot you may want to rejoin yeah you may want to rejoin yeah us. yeah try a different microphone Little uh, technical difficulties going on at the Work For It podcast, but that happens every once in a while. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's all right. We love to bust Ben's chops a little oh, bit. Of course, we gotta. So, so real quick, Brian, getting back to what you're saying about going, um, you're so you're driving this hour back and forth. Now, yeah. are you doing that like almost every day, or was it like three days a week, or it's it's between three to five days. Um, I'm it's getting pretty regular at this point where. Um, it's just, it seems like the weekends I go every day. Of course, I go Saturday, Sunday. What about now? I go probably three times throughout the regular weekday. Ben, how's your audio sound? What about now? Hey. Ooh, oh. smooth, baby. Smooky, like smooky, it. smooth. Like now we're talking. Yeah, now you're on. Yeah, um, so we were just, Ben, uh, Brian and I were just talking about his commute back and forth. Yeah. And he's saying he's doing three to five days a week, one hour each way. Now I'm curious. Brian, while you're in the car, are you listening to anything? Like, are you, I mean, I know you listen to podcasts. Podcasts, and I know you of have, course, man. And, and is that pretty much what you are primarily listening to, or are you running out of content, like where you need um, music? And so I'm, I'm to the point where, you know, I'm listening to so many different podcasts that by the time I get through all of them, there's already new podcasts coming ah, out. So nice, my, nice. my days are pretty full. And, you know, there's the eight-tier podcast like ours and the other Makery Networks and the Hustle and Grind podcast and a few of them that, you know, I'm yeah. already caught up with and I'm listening to every single one. And then I've got, like, some B, C, and D tier where it's like, eh, you know, if I get to those, then that's fine. If I'm, you know, driving and, you know, don't necessarily need to listen to something, then those can fall to the wayside. Gotcha. But okay. Mine I, stack up. Mine like stack up where they're all on Thursdays or something, you know, and then I burn well, through that. they all released on Thursdays? Yeah, and then they, they all get come built out. Up. What's yeah. the deal with that? Is Thursday like the day everybody likes to it launch sure, a podcast? It sure seems like it because like making it comes out on Thursdays. We come out on Thursdays. Um... I can't Art remember. Craftsmanship. Art, Art of mm-hmm. Crafts. Yeah. The AOC Another comes out on one. Thursdays. Um, there's a handful of them that come out on Thursdays. And then, you know, Thursdays becomes like a big podcast day. And then I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I got to go to my, like you said, Brian, like your, your B and C grade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But recently, like, like it was, what's B and C, I don't, I don't, I guess maybe we shouldn't say. I shouldn't what's B say and C. B and C. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, um, so what? It, what? What are these B and C grade yeah. podcasts? And I what are the podcasts that. that really suck that you kind of almost don't want to listen to? Yeah, let's <laughs> let's that. not go there. How about that? Well, I'll I'll say this. Like, um, I listened to the the uh, Modern Craftsman podcast a, a fair mm-hmm. bit, and I would never put that as a B or a C. They're they're a class right. act for sure. But um, but it's not it's not maybe my first choice because I don't know those guys very well. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, so stuff like that. I started listening to this podcast called Maker Skills. It's got uh, Essential Craftsman or not Essential Craftsman. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember his name now. Um, the basement there's craftsman. Three, there's like there's, there's like two. A cu- uh, couple of guys. It might be Essential Craftsman. Yeah. I don't remember. Nate, it's essential Nate something. No, it's not him. It's um, it's another guy back east. And then there's um, I'll look it up while we're talking. It's called Maker Skills, and it's kind of fun. It's it's kind of comical. I don't think they probably have a ton of listeners just just by listening to them talk. But every week they take a skill, uh, and sort of. S- satirize it or you know kind of poke fun at it a little bit but it's it's like maybe 30 percent satirical and then 70 percent serious you know so sure. two guys and a, and a gal and uh it's just kind of a quirky show it's um yeah it's pretty fun i it's uh tom who is the uh essential craftsman i think but i gotta look him up really quick so, well, you anyway. know what I I've been listening to a lot of um, backlogs of Jeff Fader doing his mm-hmm. thing over at the yep. Full Blast podcast. Uh, if you didn't listen to the last few, they're all really good. I mean, there's he's got quite a catalog. So like you go back and you can listen to them all. But um, I I got like you know how you get sidetracked and you start listening to one and then you forget about the others and then you go back. So like I started mm-hmm. backlogging making it you know with jimmy and bob and um and they i just started listening to you know okay i'm gonna go back like a year and just listen to all this and you almost have like making it you almost have to listen to it in succession because there's yep they're discussing projects right so um and then i so i kind of got sidetracked not listening to jeff for a while and then jeff had fingal ferguson on and i listened to him Awesome. And then that was great. A, a, great show. A, a great interview. Re- because what I think Fingal's just interesting, you know, yep. and on yep. top of that, he's he's in a lot of the same spaces that I really enjoy from a hobby perspective. So, like, listening to him talk about, like, pickling foods and sausages right. and things that I really enjoy. So, it's like, that was interesting. And then knife making. So, there's all those things. And then. Last week he had Steve Schwarzer on, and I had a chance to meet Steve when I was at Blade. I never actually met him before, chatted with him Man. a few times, but um, it was guy. just like, yeah, cool guy, lots of history, really nice, you know, just seems like a really nice dude, you know, on just top of that. Just all around, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I've been listening to uh, Full Blast, making it, and then I did not realize this. Somebody shared this with me, and I, I can't remember who it was now. On Spotify, did you know that you can do like a listening party and you can invite people to listen with you and you can send them like a link 
and then listen huh. to like say a podcast together you know like Ooh. and not really sure what the purpose of this was but i was intrigued so i was like okay well i'll click on the link so i clicked the link it was it was a message from somebody in my instagram feed and i clicked on it and it was toby fire and steel uh, which, uh, if you don't know who Toby is, he's like a blacksmith. He lives, I think, in the UK, but he's Australian. Yeah. That makes sense, right? Yeah. And then, so what I didn't realize was, is that owner Caglar from Yeah, he's co hosting. Is co hosting. <laughs> it's now, awesome. Like, permanently. Yep. And these two guys are riffing off of each other. Oh, they're fucking knuckleheads. Really yeah. good. Yeah, it's really yeah. good, you know? It's great. And that's going to be a very successful show. Um, yeah. Not that it wasn't when just when Toby was doing it, but like with the addition of owner, yeah, I, you know, you really it really clicked for me. So that was shared to me as like a Spotify listen party, and then I'm like, oh shit, I was packing parts yesterday, so I was like listening to that. And owner Keglar is an interesting dude oh all around. Oh like, man, he's a podcast say, in himself. Does not give a fuck about anything. So yeah. like, he is great. I love that. I love listening. And then, of course, Toby, who, by the way, just he's like um, he's like a ball buster extraordinaire. I don't even oh, know. Yeah. He has a PhD in busting chops. This guy, I mean, yep. is so fun, and he, it's like dry Australian humor, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, I didn't you don't really even know. fully knew existed. Yeah, and then I'm like, wait, this is interesting. And then, you know, they're busting each other's balls. And it was really good. So go out. And I guess they're going to be changing the name of the podcast. It's a whole big thing because it's no longer Toby Fire and Steel. It doesn't make any sense. So he's they've gonna, been trying to change it. Yeah, they've been yeah. trying to come up with a name on a few of the episodes that I've listened to. And, and it's just been kind of it's been hilarious. But, yeah, I had a, is, I had a. I had an interesting name uh, idea for their their podcast. I was yeah. I was thinking they could call it Owner Fire Fire and Steel. There you go. That you be know, perfect. just change Toby to Owner, and then you're yep. done. You're Toby <laughs> and Owner Fire and Steel. No, that's to Boner. To Boner. To Fire and Steel. Yeah. So I listen. I've been listening to that. But anyway, okay. All right. Real quick, I got uh, so many messages about. People support, you know, telling me like, hey, man, congratulations on the new building. And I appreciate mm -hmm. it. I I have been yeah. doing um, I, for a long time. You know, I have been figuring out my professional spaces where I sold my computer company. I moved a big portion of my distribution side of things into the computer side. Quickly realized that that is not big enough. There's just not enough room in here. And I have a major logistical problem, which is. I need to be able to offload huge pallets of product off of semi trucks and then yeah. get it into my space without having to move it by hand. Now the, the, my neighbor in this building allows me to use his fork truck so I can unload things just fine, but I can't get them in the door because my door just simply isn't right. big enough for that without tearing the front of the building off and spending <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars to do so. Um, it's just, it would just not make sense. So what made more sense was to go out and find a new space. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but real estate right now is insane. Like <laughs> you want to buy something You're not joking. or even rent something. It just, it just seemed crazy. And so, um, I am on a couple of like, uh, local real estate broker boards where, you know, they post stuff and whatever. And I, you know, I read, you know, what buildings are for sale and whatever else. And commercial real estate is really hard to come by right now. 
and which I think is a good thing because you know it's, it is, the economy yeah. is moving forward. Things are you know we're still People plugging are looking away. Local. Yeah, exactly. And I saw a building that um, had a whole bunch of units in it. It was a development group. It was a, a, a basically a, a bunch of venture ba- capitalist guys that got together and bought like an industrial complex, if that makes sense. So like a bunch of buildings that, or a bunch of like big buildings that are all divided, subdivided into what they call condom, condominiums down here, like yeah. commercial condominiums. Mm-hmm. And they all had overhead doors and, you know, the price was not that reasonable but it was reasonable enough and it was in a town about 20 minutes north of where i live so i was like okay that's doable so i called this broker and i explained to her you know what i wanted and i saw that she had listed these these other um addresses and she says you know what um i am representing the estate of a a wealthy guy who just passed away he's got a unit in one of these buildings but it's privately owned by him and it's mm-hmm. not being sold through the development group. And because the development group is non-negotiable. She's like, you could, you, could, you could literally walk up with a cash deal, $1 less than what they're asking, and they will turn you away. Wow. And I was like, okay. They're pretty sure so they'll she get said, it. And they most likely will. Yeah. Every single unit in this building, by the way, is either owned or rented. There's not one empty space other than wow. the space that she was representing. This guy just passed away. The daughter called her and said, like, hey, if anybody's looking, let me know the day before I called her. (laughs) So she immediately sends me text pictures of this space. It looks like the interior of a McDonald's, uh, (laughs) whatever, uh, or a Burger King or something. But um, the guy was like a antique car collector and he used that space to um, work on his cars. Mm-hmm. and store them and so she's like they're totally it's the daughter who is the owner she lives in seattle she doesn't want anything to do with it she just wants to sell it yeah. it's got a brand new five ton air conditioner wow. it's got an office space it's got that horse mat flooring you know where that the reason why yeah, the yeah. Floor is red is because it's that soft uh, not soft but it's like rubber but floor mat like the dimply yeah, I'll end up tearing that out most likely. But Really? It, you don't think you'd it, want that? Pushing carts well, is hard, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, because of the fork truck and everything, I think mm. what will happen is I'll end up tearing it up because it's like kind of like it just interlocks like puzzle pieces. Mm. Yeah. I don't know Floats. for sure, but it could get a little tumultuous to drive on it, so we'll have to kind of <laughs> see. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it does – it. It also seems like it would be difficult to roll some of my heavier tools on it. No, for sure. I get yeah. that. You know, so. So does this place come with a red afro and a big <laughs> pair of red shoes? Or? <laughs> and some white makeup? Yeah, exactly. And a clown nose. Uh, no, unfortunately, I don't have you any bring of your stuff, own. But, yeah, exactly. You got to bring your own clown suit and shoes. But, other, you know, so, I mean, within about five seconds, I was like, okay, uh, I drove up there and looked at it and was sold. I said, I want it and, you know, just, and bought it. So nice. um, Yeah. It worked out. And, and the thing is, is it needs some work. You know, there's obviously little issues with it that just need to be rectified before I move into it. But here's what it's going to do is it's going to, I had been making a series of decisions based upon my space here. And it was all, you know, it was like, well, I would love to, uh, you know, order 200 of those, but um, I have nowhere to Just put them, can't. nor do I have any way of getting them in my building unless yeah. I 
one by one, you know, hand them off to someone or roll them in on a pallet jack. And it it was just it was impeding my business. And when you start talking about business growth and when you get into like where I would call myself somewhat of a medium sized business, it's like you kind of have to not make decisions based on that or fix those problems pretty damn quick. If you don't, you will just get overtaken and that's just the end of it. You can, you know, but it's funny how we do that, right? Like it's so easy to just um, find ways to overcome, but not realize that it's limiting you, you know? Well, it's like baby steps, right? That's the way I looked at it. Or realize, but not be able to do anything. Right. Which is probably more your case. Well, that was just it. Sitting there with my hands tied going, there's this fantastic opportunity in front of me, but I can't take advantage of it because I'm crippled by my situation. Right. So here's my plan B for this. Right. So let's just say house made industrial crashes and burns. Right. I just I can't do it anymore. Something happens. I don't even know what, you know, or sales just fall off, you know, and there's just nothing out there for me anymore. I have a really cool fucking workshop now. And yeah. I can do whatever I want in there. It's huge. You know, it's it's got 20-foot ceilings, huge YouTube studio where I can make any video I've ever wanted to make. I could restore a car in there. There's a hundred other uses for this space other than just warehouse and, you know, working in it and whatever for housemates. So it was a win-win-win. And one final awesome piece of information this woman uh, let me in on was she gave me rights of first refusal to the space directly behind it. Ooh. So in the contract, it oh, states man, that I get a 30-day right of refusal to buy that space behind it. Okay. So it's, is it for sale would, now? or It no, is for yet. sale now. Okay. It is. And I cannot afford it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right? That's a tough part. Yeah, so I have about, I would say I have a few months to generate a bunch of money so that I can actually, you know, buy that space too. Now, what I was thinking was buy that space and just keep it, rent it out, you know, rent it to the person that's in it. Pay your mortgage that way, right? Yes, exactly. And then that way, um, you know, at at the time, if we do decide to expand, we just knock, we simply knock a wall down and we have twice the amount of room and we have a building you can pull through. So now you can drive all the way through to the other side. Dude. Yeah. So So. in this space, um, are there, you know, sort of like homeowner association type laws where, you know, you can't can't paint the walls orange and red or yellow and red? (laughs) Anything you want to do on the inside is fine. So, you know, from the drywall in, you own. But, yes, there's definitely restrictions. It's deed restricted. You do pay like a monthly fee to, to be a part of this like group. But it's yeah. a good thing. I, you know, a lot yeah. of people have opinions Keeps about the HOAs. Riff-raff. I've lived in a lot of shitty neighborhoods that needed HOAs, you know, yep. and, you know, hey, this keeps the riffraff out. I don't mind it. The the monthly HOA bells, like a couple, get this, it's a couple hundred bucks a month. They include water and trash pickup. Nice. So, wow. Right now I pay $100 a month per unit I'm in here and I get yeah. nothing. I get zero. You know, I that's get, like the ability to be here. Basically. Yeah. Wow. And that's nice because normally like an HOA doesn't provide you much other I than know. rules. So for them to include 
a service or two in there to me is really cool you know it's yeah water and trash a, is a big deal especially when you're talking commercial trash hell yeah commercial trash is insanely expensive and Everywhere they pick up now, yeah they empty the dumpster four days a week in there so Damn. it's yeah that's really awesome. useful to me because i i generate a lot of trash and I, you know they have <laughs> i'm sure believe you it or not there are a lot of boxes and cardboard and packaging and things like that and we don't have recycling here, so I can't even recycle the cardboard, even if I wanted oh, to. Man. In that building, they have a full-on cardboard dumpster where nice. I can just put cardboard. Yeah. Heck so it's yeah. a win, win, win times a million. Um, it was expensive to do it, but it, I really do believe in what I'm doing, and I'm going to just keep climbing the ladder every single day and Hell doing yeah, more man. and being better. So Yeah. Isn't, I, that, yeah. isn't that the dream? And then I'm going to move Brian into the space right above my office, so he there can be right there and be secure. <laughs> he can I'll uh, do that. make sure that make sure the uh, Cisco truck keeps bringing the burgers. Right, That's exactly right. <laughs> Carve me out a little corner. I'll set up my shop and. Uh, we'll or what's the work. other guy? You could be the grimace. <laughs> Is that the other guy? <laughs> no, he's the hamburglar, dude. He's the definitely hamburglar. the hamburglar. Yeah, the yeah. hamburglar. <laughs> I've literally my entire life, I've never had a nickname stick. You've got me on Dr. Cone, Sharp Santa, <laughs> Hamburglar. What the heck? <laughs> I love it. I don't think Hamburglar is going to stick because no. it doesn't make much sense. But I will say Sharp Santa. Yeah, is definitely. That is. And I like right. Dr. Cone, too. Dr. Cone Dr. is fantastic. Cone. People now message me and use that terminology. They'll be like, <laughs> like, make sure you mention this to Dr. Cone. I'm like, okay. See, a good All nickname right. has to kind of be not only born out of out of situations, but, sure, but also, sure. you know, this it, is true. We had two Bryans, so we therefore a nickname was needed. And so, <laughs> you know, it's, it was pretty natural. It I, I'd much I rather Doctor Cone than you know. Talking Sharp to Santa. Ben, Brian <laughs> House, and that jackass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So uh, dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I, pre I, I really appreciate everyone reaching out and also sending me those nice messages about the grateful episode that I did, uh, solo episode last week, and that was fun to do. So, we might oh, do some awesome. more of that. We'll see. Yeah, but, I really uh, like that for sure. So, all right, real quick. Switching gears, uh, I want to just remind us that we do, in fact, need to dig into the WFI project yeah. uh, Instagram hashtag. If you don't know about that, you should get on there. It is insane. I have you looked at it at all? It's like, blowing up. It's insanely Dude, it really blowing is. up. It's insane how many people are hashtagging. There was some stuff on there. Let me just pull this up because it was like, I'm like, holy shit. Somebody posted yeah. something on there um, that blew my mind. What was it? So as of today, my... there's 264 posts wow. based solely on that hashtag. So now when you search that hashtag, because a lot of times you, when you use a hashtag, right, it says less than 100 or whatever. Yeah. It actually yep. has a number. <laughs> now we're getting up higher in the in 100 the, plus uh, posts. Yep. I see that in the ratings there. That's good. Yeah, if you look through this, what was the one that like blew my mind? Well, I can oh, talk about was, one. Oh, you found yours. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Real quick, it was Jamie Blow, who is Jamie the Squid, 
right? A uh, regular uh, on this podcast. He's a regular on this podcast, regular contributor. He's doing his, I believe, he's doing his Ma- ABS Master Bladesmith uh, <gasps> yeah, testing. He was nice. bending that knife over. He bent that knife over, and I'm like, for sure that thing is going to snap. I'm like, because I just can't even believe that anybody can make this happen with a knife. Like, they do a full-on. It was a full-on 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. He got that blade to bend, and it didn't man. snap. Didn't snap. Perfect. Blew my damn mind. Yeah, yeah so Jamie, um, that was awesome, man. I don't know if I reached out to him or if maybe it was posted somewhere in the comments, but that was a practice for his ABS. Okay, practice. Okay. Got it. All right, all right, yeah. That makes sense. And then um, it's a Zura maker. He's on the island of Maui in Hawaii. If you look, he's the one that posted. It looks almost like a big bullet, and then there's like a ring in front of it. He's hand making these. It's it's a little ways down, like because we haven't talked. It was was done about it was done a day ago, and um, he listens to the podcast. He must. And I'm not sure who he is, but the, the stuff coming out of his workshop is insane. Like the, yeah. the Damascus, the rings, all the things he's doing. So really super, super cool stuff. And there's like a 50 of them on here that I that are all blowing my mind now. The yeah, stuff I know. Crazy. Making. Unbelievable. Let so me anyway, go I'll ahead shut and, up now. <laughs> let me go ahead and jump on Tyrell Knifeworks. He's, you know, a really high end maker. I've he, never uh, heard of him before. Oh, right? No. <laughs> Who's he? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got this uh San Mai with Damascus on the outside, copper in the center, yes. so that's a Q Mai. And um eighty C R V two core. Um, he did a video on YouTube on that and it's got a ton of views. Oh like, yeah, for fir- sure. First couple I was just of days, t- I think it's twenty thousand or something. I was just gonna talk. I, I was just gonna say that I had talked to him. Um, his video on I don't know if it was this one or another one that looks pretty similar um, blew up to 1.2 million views on YouTube, oh, and nice. then somebody shared it on Facebook. One of those large um, um, places shared it, Reshare and now. they were at like five or six million uh, views on Facebook. So I can only imagine what that Dang. looks like for his business right now. It's got to be yeah, crazy. He, would, he doubled his subscribership in like a month. Ugh. Just from that one. <laughs> Where do I get me Man. some of that? <laughs> well, I think it's because, you know, he had just been making the same kind of content for a long time. Yeah. And, he, and then he branched into doing these real heavy um, pattern Damascus blades. And then he jumped on the Q my sort of trend mm-hmm. train. Yeah, uh, which was you know is still going on, and that w- was what picked up, picked it up, and it just went boom, you know. Yeah, boom, boom baby, boom. Yeah, and it's nice work on that, by the way. I For see sure. he's um, that thing is gorgeous. I see on, that uh, I I chatted with him briefly, and he's 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 making some big moves. I think he's doing some awesome awesome stuff, especially in content creation. So mm-hmm. that's great. If you're not a familiar large with collaborations stuff. that he's working on for sure. Yeah. Big collaboration. I mean, I almost caught, I caught myself. Couldn't talk <laughs> about it. I can't talk about it. Yep. Sweet. Well, gotta I be, would gotta be shush shush. Got to keep it on the DL. I am trying to get my stupid phone to start up here. Because I was chatting with the guy about a knife he was making, and it should be tagged in our WFI hashtag. projects. Yeah, but of course my phone 
literally the minute I jumped on the pod, died, and now no all worries, I see no worries. is the got silly battery icon. All right. Well, <laughs> not now. I, I'll uh, I'll I'll jump in because Rob O'Grady, who oh, Rob has been O'Grady's. following me, Robert O'Grady. He's oh. following me now on he's uh, Instagram for quite some time, <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's no, he's legit. I think he's from Ireland, I believe, and um, he's. I uh, don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Um, <laughs> he's got some pretty good stuff. He made some cool code hooks, some nice. really artistic stuff, um, which I appreciate because you know I see a lot of knives in my feed, so it's like yeah. Whenever I see some like hooks. And um, like uh, she- like shepherd's hooks, you know the stuff like yeah. That. I don't know if who you've makes ever made those? one of those, Brian? But uh, <laughs> you ever made you ever made one of those, Brian? No, yeah, maybe. Just <laughs> yesterday and today, <laughs> the consummate the consummate shepherd. <laughs> what they are alluding to is um, basically yesterday and today. I was filming on a couple of videos where you know instead of having solo Kyle come filming, out, yeah, I was just solo doing it all myself. Filming. Like I was crazy. I was getting bored. I mean, there wasn't these action shots, you know. Like, <laughs> I know, oh, right? Using a freaking tripod. Oh, it's yeah. snoozing out here. No, I'm oh, kidding. It was man. it was great. I, you haven't released that video though. Yet. Oh no, that's that's okay. probably gonna be a couple weeks now that I'm gonna post that one. But when I, when I initially watched it, it's a short. It's like a good short watch. Like yeah, it's really good. three and a half, yeah. four minutes. And yeah, just I, under four minutes. When you said shepherd's hook, I was like. Who the fuck shepherds sheep anymore? Like, who's doing <laughs> yeah. this? And then I'm like, oh, it's for hanging stuff. Like I get right. it now. Okay, I'm a moron. Right. I was, well, shoot, I, like, maybe I should uh, rename it. One. Maybe I should rename it so people know what I'm talking about. Brian, I'm right. a moron. Please don't do that. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what. I, when I heard shepherd's hook, for some reason I kept thinking like that was like what you know legit shepherds have when they're wandering <laughs> around with their herds of whatever wild yak or wildebeest or whatever they heard (laughs) but yeah so yesterday i was going to be super productive i had a couple knives lined up and then i i had just the day before heat treated them all and guess what i left at home at the apartment after putting them in the oven overnight you left of the blades. Oh. The entire batch I left at yeah. the apartment. <laughs> so here I am at like five in the morning, standing in my shop with almost nothing to work on. Uh, <laughs> so no. I'm like, well, drive and go be... get them or what? No, I just went content creation mode where oh, see, I that's wanted to great. make. I I have at this new apartment. I wanted to make a two shepherd's hook um, hangers to put up a basket of flowers and a bird feeder just to kind of like class up the front of my apartment. And then I also made some um, little keychains out of scrap Damascus that I've been kind of stockpiling over the years. Nice. So, Good idea. Yeah. I've just, I just kind of went balls to the wall on uh, content creation where, you know, filming, filming myself and just trying to learn the yeah. editing side of things. Um, literally. Where did like, you, yeah. uh, where'd you do the edit? Uh, iMovie. Um, nice. I did, I did 80% of the editing on my phone in iMovie and then yep. I flipped it over to my MacBook air and, uh, yeah. did the rest, but basically, uh, just the little fine tuning type things and then audio on the MacBook. Yeah. But it was literally all day today. I was just trying to figure out how to work iMovie to make it work, like basically to make it edit. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I, um... I just barely got it done today. So I'm happy with it. Nice. It's a, you know, it's still a solid program. I mean, for 
all intents and purposes. I, I, I hear even some of the bigger name makers still jump back to iMovie from time to time. And I, on my phone, I'm, I'm usually now Luma Fusion, which just keeps getting better and better. It, it's such like, it's a really nice app. If I'm anything under a minute or maybe under two minutes, I'm going to do it right on my phone in Luma Fusion. And then I recently made the big jump to Final Cut, mostly mm-hmm. because I, I had it. Uh, otherwise, I'd move probably towards Adobe. But Final Cut's pretty... You can get as deep or as uh, you know, as just below the surface as you want is what I. Yeah, think Final is Cut neat. is all that Kyle uses. My videographer, he's. Uh, yeah. When I told him today, hey, I'm finishing up this video on iMovie. Let me send it over to you, and he's like, iMovie, what the hell are you working on that bullshit right. for? Well, because the other stuff costs a thousand dollars, right? right. It's like... well. iMovie will do almost everything Final Cut will do. I, I yeah, I was you know surprised when I purchased Final Cut and it was a lot of the same functionality as iMovie, and you at know base, for what we're yeah. doing, yeah, at the base level. If if you're not doing like a lot of animation or like chroma key stuff iMovie's fantastic for just yeah. cuts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and man. honestly, all I'm trying to accomplish with these is, you know, I've we've got it down to a point where we can release a higher-end video that I do with Kyle about once every other week. I'm trying to fill in those those weeks that don't get a video with a smaller, you know, somewhere yeah. between four to five-minute videos where I'm reviewing things or doing little projects just to try to, you know, stay relevant in the YouTube algorithm. Yeah. And that also just, it it fills the space. It gives people something to watch, but it also gives them a little bit of a different take, right? Because I think some folks worry so much about editing style and consistent and all that. But even if you have a little bit of a difference, you know, and you could, you can make that known. You know, like every other week, it's just going to be sort of a rough cut, <laughs> me doing something. Um, I was listening to uh, Making It the other day, the Making It po- uh, podcast, where um, I guess it was Bob that was really sort of debating about showing too much. And I think he said, you know, I, I worry about doing all these stories because then I spoil the project and I spoil. I could potentially spoil the video that comes out because everybody already knows everything about the project, you know? And it was kind of crazy because I I was chatting with Jimmy Duresto a little bit, you know, and I said, I said, because Jimmy kind of fought back. I said, you know what? I just, he's like, I just tell people. He's like, I might not even do the project. The the video may never come out, you know? So he's like, Mm. I just give a window into my shop and he's like, I see instagram stories as like these are my good friends come on into my shop you know as if they just yeah. showed up and i think so was that jimmy's um take on it then yeah was that it like wh- what i've been saying is just share everything it doesn't, yep. doesn't really matter that's you know like speaking of instagram views and how many people <laughs> want that video that of me and dexter has a hundred and sixty nine thousand views blowing nice. up over there brian look at you yeah nice. and and that like me rolling up the shop door at my new space, that video hit six thousand views in the first day on Instagram. Wow. There you and go. it's just it's see, for me, I don't uh, th- again, this doesn't make a ton of sense to me. 
because you know I'll spend a week putting a video out on YouTube that'll get two thousand <laughs> views. You know, yeah. and I'm just it for me. I'm just I'm really reconsidering my social media strategy. There's you know the 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 tides are turning the 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 yeah. shift in where people it's exactly what you were talking about ben when um what's his face uh, uh the photographer guy was talking about whether or not um God, what's his name uh, Mc, oh. uh, uh mckinnon peter mckinnon mckinnon peter yeah. mckinnon was saying you polished know versus- what polish versus these these basically like for lack of a better term, Instagram stories that are being yep. shot and, you know, edited really quickly on a phone. And then, and so yeah. the groove I found on Instagram is just quick one minute videos of yep. just me sharing my development and my stories, like Instagram stories as posts basically. Yeah. And then Instagram just says, give me more of that because right. that's what they're pushing. That and is then, exactly it. The interaction is good. Uh, now that you've convinced me to go over to being a professional account, I'm able to promote and also yep. look at all these different insights, which initially when I got on Instagram, I was annoyed with all right. of that because yeah. I felt like they were trying to get me to spend money in order for my audience to see my my work. What I didn't realize yeah. was I just didn't have a big enough following yet. Yeah. So now that I'm a professional true, yeah. account, it's just like it gets pushed out there. And then they go, hey, for five dollars a day, we'll promote this to, say, like eight thousand people. Yeah. And, and I just said, OK, and clicked OK. And then, you know, let them yeah. do that. And then that video, I mean, it, it produced it's already making conversions for me. So, nice. I, yeah, yep. I, people are coming to my website and buying things. Because they saw it as a promotion on Instagram, and then Instagram nice. tied my Shopify store into its UI. So yep. now you can click Shop Now on my thing, and you can look at all my products. Yeah, and they, wow. so they've recently done that, too, with the store part. Is no that, cost. Yeah, as long as you host your store in a third-party um, right. service, right? So you can't. Yep. You used to be able to have just a straight up Facebook store and, and you could host your products just in Facebook and right. sell directly through Facebook. Well, they did away with that. Now you actually have to have like a Shopify or a Squarespace or something. I don't even think they tie into Etsy that well, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's um, I'll be really curious to see because the one, the one hole that I've seen or I thought could exist, right, is... What about like the theory of evergreen searchable content, you know, and like I was, well, just in general, right? If we all start moving towards these shoot from the hip, uh, you know, content methods, and then all of a sudden, like there was a guy on the modern craftsman podcast the other day who, um, he did like how to videos on bathroom renovations and went like deep to where you could sign up for a class with like 40 hours of video or something and and you go man what if that guy just moved his stuff into like that instagram model you know um because now to do a blend i think you would have to do a blended version so yeah, like, yeah. for instance i was going all to my say build videos oh. yeah go ahead brian 
I was going to say, there's a happy medium here. And I think for me, it's, you know, a lot of shoot from the hip on the process. Like, yep. while, while you're going through, show off as much as you can of your process to get there. But as soon as you get to that final stage where you have a finished product, that's the point where you do a really nice polished post to, yeah. you know, show off that pretty end. Because, you know... If you think about it, shoot from the hip, you want to see kind of like, oh, wow, this is the the grungy, you know, middle stages. And then when you're at the end, that's the point where polishing it up and making it look really good and spending that extra time is going to pay off because you've already gotten it to the point where it itself is itself polished. Yeah. So it's just yeah, kind of, for right. me, that's, that's my thoughts on it. And I think there's two different audiences too, you know, like I'll be completely honest. My first thought when when Bob on on making it started saying like, um, you know, I don't want to show too much. I don't want to show all these people, you know, give away the goods. And, I, and my first thought was like, well, you're pretty damn confident that your video is going to be that good. Right. Well, it <laughs> is know, Bob it's like, Claggett. I mean, it is you know, Bob. It's a lot <laughs> of if it views. was anybody else. But, you know, every now and then, you know. Uh, an episode before, a couple episodes before, they're talking about videos that flopped. And it's like, well, what if the video does flop? You know, maybe in right. your stories, you can you can uh, massage the storyline to an extent to where people then are interested enough to go see it when it comes out. Or potentially it's two totally different audiences that you're engaging with, right? Like just because I watch say jimmy's uh stories every day or every other day or whatever it is that doesn't mean i'm going to watch every one of his youtube videos Mm -hmm. you know i'll be honest i probably haven't watched a jimmy duresta youtube video in a while Um, you're missing out dude his stuff has been really good you got to get back into it you get his stuff and you can and his they're really short you know they're like six to eight minutes now yeah but man his stuff um, it is really good and i think it's um he, you know, he was one of my inspirations for really ramping into content creation and, you know, uh, getting my shop to where it is today. Yeah. And there's no yeah, doubt, like, the way he speeds up videos makes everything look five times easier, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so so it, true. It, that alone drives you. But I think just an interesting juxtaposition there, right, is that there probably will be folks that just follow along with a build in your stories and may never make that jump to watch the final video and so in that case you've engaged both audiences mm-hmm. otherwise That's you're a kind great of point That's a you know point. ignoring one and i think uh jason bent from bent's woodworking has said that m- numerous times that the folks on his in- who watch his instagram stories are what he considers to be his closest followers right mm-hmm. sure and so so if you engage them, they want to see the true behind the scenes. They don't, you know, they don't want the ums and ahs edited out. They just want the whole, the whole enchilada. So it's like this is all good stuff to sure. to to be processing because I have this dilemma where you know I'm on YouTube, my stuff is all polished and beautiful, 4K, all the lights and yeah. the microphones and stuff, and then. I haven't made a video like that in a long time, like over a month. And it's because my shop looks like a bomb blew up in there (laughs) because I'm, you know, I'm in the process of moving. I got all, you know, distribution stuff going on. 
and it has not affected sales at all. Like it's right. it like me not making a YouTube video, even though if you look at my analytics, it would you would think that it would cause an issue. Yeah. It does not. It, it has not made a, pro- a problem for me there yet. But but at the same time, now that I have this professional account, I now get all the analytics mm-hmm. from Instagram and uh, my shop- Shopify site because they're connected now so that I can see where my conversions are coming from. And I'm getting yeah. just as many from Instagram as I was from YouTube. And mm-hmm. I, but I could say that that's heavily related to how much attention I have been giving Instagram, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and how much attention I gave YouTube for so many mm-hmm. years. Now, I need I have to an idea find that you. balance between the two. For you know? sure. Yo. I have an idea for you, Brian. Um, I was watching and uh, talking to um, Gentry Knives, if you know, if you've uh, seen yes. some of his stuff. Um, yep. He has been putting out some videos where he just stands in front of his shop area and just talks about a process for, you know, five to ten minutes and, you know, really dives deep into it, but just stands there and talks. I mean, your shop, if it looks dirty, it means, like, it's an interesting background for people to kind of search through while you're while you're talking about a, a, yep. a certain thing that you need. Now, sure. I, I think that that could be a really easy, quick put together. You know, you already have your your, your rack of, um, you know, lights and cameras and all that stuff. You know, just to set that up real quick and spend a half an hour to put together a quick five to ten minute, you know, yeah. um, park and bark t- style, you know, video, I think would even do really you, well on your channel. Even if you added, like, clips in of parts of the process, right, where it's like one tool... <laughs> you know one light and you don't have to worry about the mess as long as you can get to the one tool I, and yeah. i i do that a lot actually i've been doing that contrary with to popular belief i don't like the sound of my own voice or my <laughs> own face so uh, no i'm kidding i, I yeah you. no that's it it's an you're right i've here's what i don't know i feel i feel like that is a very good suggestion but at the same time i think like I'm expected to produce like these, yeah. you know, these open well, you've set type the videos. I did set you've the, set bar the tone, high. right? And the bar yeah. and, and we've talked about it on this show before. And I think you and I both uh, have admitted that, you know, that ability to start a project on Monday and have the video done on Friday is really hard for me. You know, I, yeah. I, hell, I, I got something sitting on the CNC right now that I started carving over a week and a half ago. You know, and, and it's like that may get done this week. It may probably not, but I'd like to carve yeah. five other things. So I might pull it off of there and start it again later, you know, and then mm. I got three quarters of a damn video shot, you know? Sure. Okay. Speaking of Ben, do you want to talk about what we've been talking about behind the scenes? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been uh, behind the scenes poking away at the uh, shop scalpel uh, not shop scalpel, not the shop scalpel, but the original that Brian Cohn made, and we were doing a collab oh. where I would make the handle, and I have simplified my process. And uh, yeah, I think that video, well, that video is going to be coming out this weekend. So, what's this your plan Saturday, for man. that? Is it going to be a product that you produce, or is it just going to be the video and and that's it, or will you make them for people? Well, I think for now. It'll be the video, and then maybe, you know, sort of evolve.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Evolving potentially into maybe what we got going on with the scalpel project or something like that. We haven't really gotten that far. Well, the original plan with it was, you know, this was literally my in with you guys where I just (laughs) hit up Ben and talked like, hey, you know, let's do this little collaboration, kind of get my foot in the door, talk to you guys. And um, I I made it, shoot, I don't even remember how long ago, but um, the idea, right. Well, <laughs> I think I had I think I had a sweatshirt on in the video that I shot, so it must have been at least cooler weather. But yeah. but anyways, so you know, I made the Damascus scalpel portion of it, sent it off to Ben um, um, to do the handle process. But then, this is a collaboration that's been in the works, and you know, this is I mean, it's very similar to you know the the shop scalpel that we're uh, working on as a trio to put yep. out. But, um, yeah, but, uh, I'm just super excited to finally have that video out to show off to people. Yeah, but. and I'll give you, I'll give you a, little, a little hint. So, like I mentioned, I simplified the process down. As you guys know, I was messing around with all this crazy epoxy stuff and mm-hmm. all these crazy ideas. And in the end, I'm like, you know what, let's just back up. Let's just go really, you know, simple, nice, nice wooden handle. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing – I still – in my play around with epoxy, I took a piece of felt, just a regular old piece of felt, you know, like a 12 by 12 chunk of felt that you would get at a craft uh-huh. store, basically. I stuffed it in a Ziploc bag, and then I poured some epoxy in there to sort of saturate the felt. And then I took the whole Ziploc, and I stuck it in my woodworking vise, which okay. has... You know, a set of jaws on it that are about eight inches deep by, shit, 18 inches wide. You know, just two big pieces of wood coming together, basically. So I stuffed it in there <clears throat> and then basically screwed it down pretty tight. And uh, it is pretty damn awesome what you get in the end. <laughs> so I've got a mic. It sounds like almost it like a like a micarta liner or something exactly exactly so now i've got this orange for like six by six piece of uh epoxy in you know felt encased in epoxy and i thought ah when you sand it it's going to be all fuzzy and everything no man it is as clean and crisp as a micarta liner i mean it is really really cool and you don't have to worry about dyeing the fab, you know, no dyes, no nothing. You just find the fe- sure. color felt you want. And then, so then I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm going to try that 
to get a couple layers, you know? Um, so I've been playing around a little bit with that, just stuffing shit in Ziplocs and throwing <laughs> a little bit of epoxy in there. And I wasn't sure, honestly, you know, because you're trapping all the air in there and everything else. And I thought, wow, I'll probably get bubbles or get voids or something will go wrong. But no, I mean, the entire oh. piece of felt that was that was saturated with epoxy came out as one solid piece. And it's wow. un- under an eighth inch thick, you know. Okay. So huh. folks, awesome. are, folks are looking for an easy way to make liners. Um, that is, that's about as easy yeah. as I can think. Um, well, so th- this is a piece that you're putting on the uh, knife that we made together. Yeah, it, yeah, it, that'll probably be my liner. Actually, um, is well, not not probably. It will be the liner. Um, I'm excited to see um, what you film of that process and actually, you know, see that process happen. Because yeah, I'm I've definitely going to replicate that. that for sure. Yeah, I've got all that filmed, and that'll be included in the in the video. And then, uh, like I said, the handle is just going to be. It's such a small handle, you know. It is. That's what's kind of weird. Um, and so there's not. I almost, in some ways, for like my first knife handle, I almost wish it were bigger. Because <laughs> 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 smaller is not always easier, you know. No, it's, it's kind not. of a weird, <laughs> kind of a weird size and shape, and. Um, did a little bit of CNC work on it as well. So, yeah, it should be good. Oh, man. I'm good. so excited to see how that turns out. Oh, should my be good. Me too. I hope it sands out well in the end and all that. <laughs> so, so if I sh- can – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. So this should be released sometime around 2023, like maybe <laughs> like July, somewhere in there, somewhere 2023. In there. Or, no, yeah, we're yeah. shooting for Saturday. Ah, yeah, oh, shit. All right. Very good. I, I can't wait. Hundred or twenty two hundred hours, yeah. On Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. All right, switching gears real quick. Um, I, we're almost an hour in, if you can believe it. We haven't oh, chatted yeah. in almost two weeks, so we're an hour in. Which, by the way, means that we're we're in trombone territory. I don't Uh-oh. know if you've got your oh, trombone oh, oh. with you. Let me warm up for warm just up a second. The bone. He's got to get that bone. bone worked up and and working it out and. So this particular, I've got a couple of dad jokes that came to me from Brigham Kindle. And Brigham, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, because I heard Jeff Fader call you Brigham Kindell, which maybe is how you oh. pronounce your last name. So you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I always <laughs> see it as Brigham Kindle. But, yeah, uh, that's the way that I thought it would be said, but whatever. Yeah. Fader has right, a you, way of, of getting those last names right. Yeah, I think he might be. Uh, he may be right, more right than I am. So that's uh, that never occurred to me. But uh, all right, you ready there, Brian? Yes, sir. All right. So, did you guys know that Lance is a very uncommon name nowadays? I did because not. back in medieval times, people were called Lance a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that one was hard to deliver. I'm just saying that was a yeah, very that's tough a one. Yeah. That was hard. I, it's Timing and it's coupled everything. with an um a screenshot. It's like a meme of uh, I believe this a screenshot is um, what's that John Cleese movie um the, oh God the the guy that uh, wrote all the funny medieval movies. It's it's merely oh, a flesh wound. I know oh, what you're oh, saying. Oh, oh, oh. 
I know the Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Monty Python. Monty Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I I believe that's what that that screenshot is from. He actually sent me another one. I'm going to read it right now because this one's actually almost a little bit better. It says, I don't make jokes about lazy people. You know why? Why? (laughs) They never work. (laughs) (laughs) What up? What up? That one. That's pretty good. I like that one. That is good. So bring them. I appreciate you sending in your dad jokes. Yeah. My calendar is straight up out of dad jokes, like terrible <laughs> dad. They're, every single time I flip my calendar over and I read the next dad joke, I'm like, I can't share this. This is pure. <laughs> I, have, I have standards, and I cannot break those standards for cheap-ass dad jokes. We're going right. to tell the best of the best, only the best of the best. <laughs> So, Curated anyway. oh, for you, you on the Work For It podcast. <laughs> right. For four ninety nine a month, you can get the best dad jokes around. Just go to <laughs> housemade.us. <laughs> Subscribe today. Uh, all right. Hey, you guys want to hear a, a, a story? I've got a kind of a really interesting story about yeah, buying yeah, some heavy course. equipment. All right. Let's hear it. So, you know, I got the new building and I need a fork truck. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I take all these pallets of steel off of the trucks. I got to drive them in, blah, blah, blah. I have some very specific requirements that need to be met. I'm getting quite the education on fork trucks and even more so an education on how to buy a used fork truck. Okay. I did not know this, but the used fork truck sort of economy is huge. They're they're like gold, right? They're 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 gold. So, yeah, they're tough to find right now. Anything heavy equipment is pretty tough to come by. It just seems like inflation is taking over. Everybody's buying stuff up or whatever. Yeah. But so when you type in like, hey, I'm looking for a used forklift on Google or whatever, there's just all these websites that pop up. And there's, you know, there's like inventory and pictures. And you can go to eBay. You can buy one, you know, um, that like uh, like equipment trader type websites and stuff like that. So it's very daunting. You're you're literally in a sea of vendors who sell used equipment. Mm. But here's one thing I have just found out is that there's really not that many actual fork trucks for sale. There's not like these like this, you know, there's just millions of them out there. So I get involved with a company. I'm not going to say their name. They're in Colorado. The guys over there are super nice. They seem super pro. You, like, read their Google reviews. They, for the most part, have pretty decent Google reviews, like over mm-hmm. 100 five-star reviews. But then in the recent months, there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, one-star reviews, and they're hey, really specific. Go. Sign right? up for that Google Google My Business. Get, get yourself yeah. oh, listed, boys. Yeah. yeah, we were just talking about that, right? So yeah. I, uh, I decide that they've got a fork truck that is – that meets my needs. It's not the cheapest one out there, but it's not the most expensive, you know, somewhere in the middle. And I feel like I've got a nice rapport going with this sales guy. In fact, you know, we're texting back and forth even, you know, this is how business is done now. Yeah. And, um, so I said, fine, send me all the paperwork and, uh, and I'll, you know, get you a deposit and we'll get this thing, this deal done. And the whole time I'm, I'm asking him like, well, you know, and can you send me some pictures of this? I kind of want to see, you know, whatever. And it would take like a day or two. And I'm like, and he kept telling me like, oh, yeah, you know, the guys have the truck in the warehouse out back. And, you know, I got to go <laughs> move a bunch of stuff and whatever else. Right. 
then Getting do it. And, <laughs> and then, then go the paperwork do it. all came. <laughs> Give me a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm like, how hard is this to take a photo of? Something? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Anyway, so it just seemed very sketchy initially, like for a bit. But I'm like, I looked them up. They have Facebook accounts. Like all this. Yeah. Th- like they seem like, and the, even some of the reviews call him out as their salesperson. He has a very okay. specific name. Yeah. So I thought, like, this this would be really tough to fake, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah it's, yeah. like, impossible, you know? So then I get all the paperwork, but there's the whole time I have been asking him, what year is this is this fork truck? Because, and here's the, and the, I'm going to tell you the reason why the fork truck market is so profitable. Because there's no titles for fork trucks. Or, oh, like, this, yeah. this kind of heavy, oh. right? So, so you can you can legit like find fork trucks anywhere, buy them, sell them. There's no record of this tra- these transactions. So there's you know, it's it, there's no trail. So th- then finally, I get the paperwork. There's still no year on it, and so I respond to him. And I said, you know, it. I know this sounds very odd, or maybe this isn't an odd question, but like I want to know what year this thing was made. Yeah, exactly. Like you could tell me the hours and everything else. His response was, "We don't know." <laughs> okay. We think it's we think it's between 1999 and 2003, but we are we're not sure. And I'm yeah. like, "Okay." So I look at the uh the paperwork and, and there's a scan of uh the, the like a, like an old uh document and it's got the serial number on it. Mhm. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I should be able to find, find the year right? based yeah. on the serial number, right? You would think. I typed the serial number in, and another website for a different forklift truck company comes up. Oh. I click on it, and it's all the same photos this guy had seen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but wait, it gets better. This fork truck is $6,000 less than oh. the agreed price Whoops. that I just told the guy <laughs> that I would pay him, right? You're like, so, I want that price. <laughs> yeah, I would like that price. So I dial the phone. I, 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 at this point, I'm like not screwing around. I'm like, I right. need a freaking four truck. And we're not talking small dollar amounts here. This is These are expensive pieces of equipment. Roughly so I, how I, much, I, if you could put a round number on it? Uh, Between ten and 20000 Damn. Who? Okay. So... I call this phone number. It's a Wisconsin, like where near where my sister lives. It's a Wisconsin company, whatever. I tell the lady who answers the phone. I said, I know this is going to sound odd, but I'm in a, in the middle of buying a fork truck that I think you guys have, but it's not from your company. She goes, hold, please. Click. Puts me on hold. <laughs> this guy comes first. on the phone. He goes, yeah, you've been dealing with so-and-so out in Colorado, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah, they don't actually have the four truck. I have it. And I said, uh, okay, so am I buying it from him or am I buying it from you? And he says, well, I sold that fork truck in July. <laughs> and I went, okay. And then he says, he says that that fork truck is still here though. Oh. And I went, huh? That's why you can't get pictures. So that right. So the fork truck is actually in Wisconsin. Here's what I learned is that I wasn't being scammed per se, Mm -hmm. but these guys are brokers. And here's what they do. They go and they scour the Internet. They find all this heavy equipment. They take the the prices. They mark it up 20, 30 percent. They put it on their own website. That's their sales fee. 
What's crazy is they they took all of their photos and they like really uh, like really uh, decent Photoshop job of removing all of the logos of the guy you know that was actually selling it because this guy takes pictures of his fork trucks in front of his building with his banner and his signage oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All wow. that banner and signage was photoshopped, removed, like gone. Wow. So this guy proceeds to tell me on the phone that they got in bed with these guys out in Colorado who are selling fork trucks and that this is what they do. And they had, because they were, you know, this guy was in Wisconsin. He was, you know, locating all this equipment. He was warehousing it. They were like a preferred vendor for them. So they were all in bed together for a long time. And then he went out there and he saw like these guys, they don't have warehouses. They don't have anything. They work from home Mm. and they all drive Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Maseratis. (laughs) And he was like, this is like all my money is going to these guys essentially. And they're driving the market of these, of this heavy equipment up. Because wow. they're basically creating websites with all this great SEO, Man, yeah. and they're driving all the sales to them. They're you know juicing the prices, and then they're flipping. It. They never ever see the fork trucks, so wow. these guys don't even know what they're selling. They have no Jeez. idea. And if and, they're that sleazy, how many times do you think that fork truck has been sold? Yeah, you because it because there's no title, you don't know. Right. And see, that's that's the thing. So. And here's the other thing. So what they do is this guy in in Wisconsin, he buys fork trucks from all over the place, has them delivered to his place. He has them serviced. And then, you know, he goes through them. He has all the guys look, you know, make sure everything's good. And then they put paint on them. So they paint them the original. Uh, So they look really good. Like they look like really clean. The problem is, is you're buying a 20 some plus year old piece of equipment. And you don't know because they won't tell you how old that thing is, you know. Now, there are hour meters on these things, but you and I know hour meters can be modified very easily or dashboards can be swapped out. All kinds of things can be changed over. So you don't fully know what the hell you're buying. And then I realized that there's a seedy underbelly to this thing. So now I'm talking to this guy in Wisconsin. He's telling me like he's like, look, just buy it through buy one through me. He's like, I can't sell you this one because it's technically already purchased. And I'm like, it wouldn't have been me because I wasn't looking in July. Yeah, I right. never bought this fork truck from these people. I, he's like, well, if you gave him any money, you should try to get it back. I said, I never ever. I, I did my research. You know, I, I can you imagine if I did not type in that Man. serial number? Yeah, I would I not know, it. right? Yep. I and, guarantee and you crazy. those guys are scamming people. Getting oh, those somehow, so, right? Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, if you're in the market for big equipment or whatever, just try to find the source of where it's being sold from. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and the other thing is, is I'm now looking on eBay because eBay. Yeah, you're probably going to pay a little bit more, but you you know, there's a rating system and you're somewhat protected through yep. eBay. eBay, you know, if you that. buy something yeah. there and you get screwed over, you know, you, you have know, some recourse. It. You can screw back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, eBay will you actually can read other people's experiences. Yeah. Won't eBay actually like refund or something? There's some kind of a clause. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, I, I would imagine there's some for that big, kind of money. Big, there's probably all kinds of clauses yeah. included. Santa yeah, clauses. so I, I I could not believe that it blew my damn mind that this and this guy, you know, it, it, talking with him on the phone, he was like me and you. I mean, just such mm. a. 
pleasant dude and oh oh yeah i'm gonna go back to the warehouse and uh you know get those photos for you no problem and then texted me on friday night hey buddy i'm out camping with my friends and sending me photos of him sitting next to a like getting all chummy with me yeah when you're doing that shit like i don't care if you're technically scamming someone or not you know you are (laughs) you're still scamming you know it's like you're uh you're 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 misrepresenting the product to an extent. You know, like he could have just told you like, look, this thing actually lives up in blah, blah, blah. And we bought it from this dude. And so he's got it, you know, like that. That's easy enough to understand, you know? Yeah. If this guy would have told me he's a broker and he goes out and sources the best fork trucks in in the world or whatever. And he, and he, you know, he never really get, gets eyes on him, but he guarantees I I would have gone with him. I would have bought it. But yeah, if you just put it that way, that's yeah, the difference of being out. up front with your people and being a jackass who's, you know, just being sleazy. It, you know, yeah, there's you. there's two roads of life, and hopefully the three of us have chosen the right one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well, this is what I was – this is my next story was that I was telling you guys. I'm selling house-made industrial. We're just going to start selling forklifts on the Internet. So it's <laughs> housemadeforklifts.com. So right. just go there, and I source the best uh, fork trucks in the world now. <laughs> There's so there must be so much freaking money in there. I'll take my Lambo now. If I could get that in black, please. <laughs> Can I get my logo on the side, please? Yeah. So, yeah. What the frick, man? Yeah, I felt dirty after that. Yeah. You know, I felt it. dirty. Yeah. Like I almost fell for this. Like I was about ready to click the buy it now button on the invoice that guy mm. sent me. And and here's the last little bit that I'll tell you how I know this guy's so full of shit is about like 10 minutes before we were recording the podcast. I haven't responded to any of his texts since this morning. He wrote me, hey, I got another person who is interested in that fork truck, and they've signed the agreement, but we don't have a deposit yet. So if you want it, you oh, better man. get that over yeah. to me right away. <laughs> Come on. Does like, this guy uh, think yeah, this I was born really fucking yesterday? This fucking is starting to sound team. like one of those calls that gets grandma on the phone. Like, this this guy yeah. is a real shyster. How real it? shyster. And the oh bad the bad thing is is that he's so good at it. Yeah. You know, like he, oh, yeah. he was so good at it. And if I didn't do my research, I would have just sell blown a, I would have given this guy five grand for making a phone call and yep. sending a few texts. Sell a pig a fucking ham sandwich. <sighs> I'm actually gonna hire him and have him start selling grinders. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> you wanna make a decent living and you wanna do it honestly, he starts selling grinders. Yep. Jesus. Yep. Good Lord almighty, I'm telling you. So Some speaking people. of kind of sketchy situations, you want to talk about that shop I was looking at? Yeah, the haunted workshop. How's yeah, that? so I actually got in contact yeah. with them again. They have done a lot of work on the property. Hey, um, hey. They've, re- they've completely redone the uh, roof, which is nice. And okay. um, they're back currently putting next. in the septic tank in the back. Oh, so, so they are putting okay. money into it. You know, my my initial read uh, was originally like, oh my gosh, this is way too far to be, you know, it's it's way too far gone to actually come back. But it seems yeah. like the guy is putting in the money to make it workable. So you think his rent will go up or is he going to honor? His- uh, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't signed anything, of course. I'm waiting until, you know, everything's done and then we can assess where we're at. But, yeah. you know, if, I that, mean- if that comes together, I'm... <sighs> You technically know, brian 
he can't call it a building if it only has three walls. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then it becomes a, a shed, a lean-to. Uh, well. Yeah, it's kind of like a, yeah, like a carport that yeah. used to be a building. Yep. I mean, well, that whole back, know, it, did, he, did he fill that back wall in yet, or that is, is still there? That is still needing to be done. Um, so I mean, it, it, he's kind of doing things backwards a little bit. <laughs> I, know, I guess that's, I, that's totally my right? thought on it. It's like, yeah, you're, first you're you build the walls, the, then the la- roof. <laughs> right. You're putting in the final coat of paint before you, uh, you know, build the wall itself. You know, yeah, it's, exactly. It's total, you know, cart yeah. before the horse. But Listen here, Brian, the toilet's flush, but they're going to freeze over come March <laughs> because, uh, right. you know, the, the wall isn't going to be finished. Uh, I get it, though. You probably have to put a septic tank in now while the ground is soft. I would, I think that's probably yeah, what he true. was thinking. But, you know, I don't know. But who knows? Hey, the, the haunted house is not quite, you know, gone yet. It could still Good, be a dude. thing. I think it should be. I, I mean, you know my take on it. Tons of opportunity to make yeah. awesome content in there. It's huge space. And you it's know, got that you, old school We can, vibe. like, Photoshop ghosts into the windows yeah. and stuff. Like, all kinds of stuff. And... Come Christmas, you can sit on the front porch in your Santa suit. You can give away gifts to all the yeah, kids there in the go. neighborhood and all the yeah. drunks that are coming out of that bar across the street. <laughs> there you go. We'll make it happen for sure. Dude. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of gifts, Brian, did you get a package from me yet? I didn't. Oh. oh, you sent me. Oh, you know what? I haven't checked the mail today. You know, my mail goes into like a bin um, at the end of the street, so I'll have to go mm. look at it. Well, we'll talk about it on the next. You know, we'll talk about it on the next podcast. Let me. I know. did get a gift from uh, Mark Vanderwerf. Oh yeah, I saw UK. that. Did I, yeah, he, he sent me one of his handmade leather um, uh, keychains. Yeah. And then he messaged me a couple days later he, after he listened to the podcast last week, and he says you could put your new shop keys on there. And I was like, you know what, man, that's there a great idea. Go. I'm gonna put my new keys on there for my new building. Yeah. And, um, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome adventure, I think, over there. So I'm I'm excited, and I'm, I'm gonna have a it. fork truck. I'm gonna I'm gonna be driving that thing all over the place. I'm gonna be commuting <laughs> in that thing. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So how far so. is the new place compared to your old place from the house? Same commute. It's like I right. I had I end up driving twenty some minutes south into downtown here naples where my my spaces are now and Mm -hmm. then it it literally instead of going south i turn north and go 20 minutes so it's it's here's here's one of the things i'm really excited about is that naples the the industrial park that i'm in now it doesn't have really any true industry here there's like yeah cabinet makers that's the way boise is yeah it's not like you know, you can't just like turn a corner and find like unless you, you're like the guys right next to me are aluminum fabricators. But pretty much everybody else in this building is like an interior designer mm. or um, landscape landscape architect. One guy's a um, like a bug a pest control company. So there's not like really true industry in here. Yeah. And then but when when you go to the, my new building, everyone in there has. CNC and lasers there and, we go. you know, there's machine shops. Yep. So I, I feel like, yes, exactly. So I feel like, you know, just via proximity, I'm going to be, I'll have a lot more opportunity there yeah. to connect with people who are um, going to further excel what I'm up to. Now, is there, so, you know, yeah. Is there, because it, it seems like just, and I haven't seen the outside actually, but it seems to me like your last space was more of sort of a retail type location, whereas yes. 
the, the, this space doesn't have like a storefront, does it? it or, or does it? It does. It has like, okay. a, yeah, I haven't shown any images of that, um, but it's it's got just to the right of that door uh, or to uh, the, from the video you saw on Instagram, the door opens up and to my left, there's like a wall right there. That's like a small office space and it has like a glass storefront. Okay. Okay. So just yeah. kind of a small, that's cool though. That's yeah. That's, yeah. That door will remain locked. I mean, you know, I'm not going to. I don't entertain. I put no soliciting signs up. I don't need people coming right. and going out of here. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, and there's a lot of foot traffic up there because there's so many other buildings in there. So yeah. yeah. But I hesitate to even put my signage on. You know, put anything that even identifies me. Uh, you know, because right. I just don't want people coming in there. You'll get hordes of YouTube fans trying to pound down your door. Yeah, right. right. Well, I doubt that. I I just think people are nosy. They like wandering in. Oh, by the way, did I tell you guys? Remember when I, I was talking about people were wandering into my shop because they thought it was a post office? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so awesome. Kenny, my the guy from <laughs> the the guy from the aluminum place next to me, he goes, "Hey, listen, I know why that happens." And I was like, "Wait, what?" He says, "It happens to us too." They come into our spot and they're like looking for a post office. And I'm like, it, he's like, when I heard you That's talking about funny. it, I, he's like, I could not believe that somebody else had the same experience. And I said, yeah, well, we're in the same building. I guess that makes sense. Um, so he took a picture of the street sign out by domestic, which is the street that runs right by our shop. And it says progress on the sign. What? It doesn't say it's huge. It says progress and an arrow pointing right down our street. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking wonder people think what? it's progress there's right. a huge sign that says progress on it and that's the street that the post office is on so no wonder okay. people are yes. confused so he mystery solved i guess you yep. know um that's city sweet. infrastructure is all screwed up i guess i don't know <laughs> well you'll you get be out the of there pretty soon so you know Yeah, my plan is, is I think I'm going to save the studio space, the one that I record in. I'm going to keep that and maybe rent it out or something. And then um, uh, the other space, I think I'm going to sell it. And then if I can get enough for this space, the the little old computer shop, uh, I will purchase that other unit. You know, the one that's in the building right next to me. So I can expand later on. Nice. That's kind of my plan. Yeah become the dude that is gonna be so cool when it's done i'm so excited to see it yeah Yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna have um so that one of the cool things about having a fork truck is is you can buy a basket that goes on the forks and it's got like you can put a person in it yeah yeah i was gonna say a hammock yeah well yeah you could do a hammock too but this like for this for this particular instance is like when i go to paint the space i'm just gonna rent one of those big air sprayers those paint Mm, sprayers put dexter in the bucket and yep. just lift them up there and just have them start going to town, spraying the walls. I'll tell you, know, you that those Burger big King sprayers motif. are clutch, man. Like I've got a, I've got a smaller sized HVLP, but those ones where you stick a five gallon bucket under it, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I use that to, when we did our addition, uh, our whole second floor addition, and we had a lot of walls and ceilings to paint. And man, it made such short work of that. It's awesome. Totally yeah, it's like a two clutch. foot or three foot swath yeah. of paint. Yep. Just, you can just yep. and then it, of course you're not reloading a roller, which right. takes and you know but a here's lot of time. A, here's a tip for you, and I learned this from uh, the the guy that I hired to paint the outside because I wasn't going to paint the outside, but I'd paint the inside. 
when you're done with spraying it, he actually recommended going over it with a roller and always pulling down so that your okay. stroke always finishes down. Otherwise, okay. you get like uh, baseball field stripes. And I was surprised. Interesting. Okay. And he said, right. what that'll do is that'll even out your spray. If you have yep. thicker spots or thinner spots or whatever, he said, number one, it evens all that out. And number two, it makes sure that when the light hits it, that you don't have paint, you know, going sure. up, down, up, down, up, down. So he just, and I got a big ass roller. I found a big long one. I don't remember where I found it. It was, but it was almost 18, 20 or more yes. inches and it's just my favorite yeah i use those two had that you get them at home depot now yeah oh nice and you just i just pulled down you know just start at the top pull down start at the top pull down and i'll tell you, you just use like a thin nap right like yeah really like, like a, a three quarter eighths or inch less, or quarter yeah. inch or something yeah, yeah. and yeah. uh just you know load that with paint once and i kind of uh rolled it off on a naked wall you know that didn't have any paint on it yet and so it just sure. had a little bit of paint on it and uh yeah, away you went. It was pretty slick. Boat builders use that same technique, and they yeah. they call it um, they call it roll and tip. Okay. So like it's the opposite of what you're saying. They don't spray; they roll the paint on, and then they brush it down. Okay. They tip it yep. with the brush, and it's the exact same technique that you're describing. And you go from top to bottom. All right. So yeah. you go from Makes you sense. go from basically the the deck to the water line yeah. and then you pick the brush back up because there's no lines you know there's yeah. nothing there left there so yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah and uh that's a really good tip because i have a lot of walls to paint right? in there and <laughs> it's huge it's 20 foot tall walls and the space is 25 by 50 that's oh a big gosh. space big it's space huge. yeah big big space See, I, also... I think you need to paint just leave a corner of the old just to have like a little grill in that corner, just for <laughs> a little grill go. station, <laughs> little lunch, <laughs> little <laughs> grill station, like a little French fryer in there, hey, like man. a little personal fryer. I'm, yeah, I'm with hey, you. Man. I like it. I, I gotta say that is that was the one thing that, and whenever you know, I've bought a lot of properties, so but I know paint is cheap. You know, it's like well, yep. you look at you don't look at the color. You know, you just gotta Absolutely. look at the structure and the mechanicals and whatever else. And I walked in there and I was like. <laughs> yeah, this is all going to need to get painted. It's and funny she's like, how yep, that yeah. puts it in your head, though, you know, like because you can know all that stuff like brand Can't new, not see it. brand new HVAC and big shop doors and all like all the positives. But then it comes that paint. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think I've said it yeah, on the show before, right? Like my mom has always said that, you know, like what do these people have against a twenty five dollar gallon of paint? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, one takes. of the smartest guys that I ever met told me that people buy paint jobs. Yeah. And what he mm. meant by that was cars and houses. Yep. He's like, if you can make it look good with paint, it will sell. It'll sell. And he's right. He curb was right. Appeal, I did that baby. a lot. Yeah, curb See, appeal. Speaking of, sense. that is what um, Jason Hartwell over at the Hustle and Grind podcast he his knife business isn't as you know booming as he needs in his life so he's starting a little basically his business partner is buying a bunch of cars and he's putting a paint job and doing 
you know, minor fixes on it. And they're starting up basically a car flipping situation. I heard and him wow. say I that. Guarantee yeah. you, I guarantee you he would agree with you that a good paint job sells a car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely does. Yeah, oh, no, no, of course. I didn't realize that was happening. I, I, he, he had been, uh, I've been sharing his auctions and stuff like that with his knives mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, it's, you know, starting any business is you got to have like a war chest. I mean, I, I did. Basically, when you start a business, you got to know that you're going to lose money for more than a year. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. care what you're doing. I mean, if you're making money in the first year, you're in like the top top one percent. I would think of people that are successful. Um, you know, it takes so much to energy and input before you get any output. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I feel for him, but I it's totally normal, totally yeah. normal yep. part of the process. And so, I think yeah. it's good to admit that too. You know, like sometimes you got to step back a little, and um, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean it's a failure, no. right? It's Not it's a huge leap to go from being a hobbyist, you know, uh, getting getting a thousand bucks a job under the table to actually making it a legit business. You know, uh, it's a big job. That's what I'm finding. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. So Brian, just real quick, not to dig into it too much, but like, you know, you're, you seem to be in a, like somewhere in the middle where you're going, you're full time, you know, you're Mm -hmm. not, you don't have employment in any other way. Uh, but you're also in a, in a space where you're kind of, um, you know, your girlfriend or your fiance now, I should say, right? Girlfriend. Girlfriend, Ooh. not fiance. I Getting thought she was close. Your fiance Getting there. Try it. Getting there. All right. And <laughs> try so you, she, she, you know, you and her are kind of splitting the bills a little bit. So you're, you know, you've got some support. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll, if you listen to, and oh, there's a lot of guys out there that'll talk about this. And some of them are just, you know, they're, they, they won't talk about it, but, um, you know, like Craig talks about how his wife is the primary earner, you know, and that he's blessed to have a wife that does that. And so that he can do chop knives and take care of the kids and whatever else. And there's a bunch of bladesmiths out there that are in that same position. And in fact, um, you know, when I met Sarah, I was, you know, kind of in that same space, you know, I, I wasn't doing all that great financially. And she, she supported me and said like, Hey, i you know, do yeah. your thing, figure it out. Yeah. So behind every great man is an even better woman. That's the yeah, way I sure. look at it. Look at it that way. In my situation, luckily I am um, getting enough profit from my knife business where I can, of course, you know, it, it pays for itself. All the materials and all of the, you know, all that stuff pays for itself. And it is just enough for me to pay my own half of the bills. Luckily, okay. you know, one of the th- reasons why we're in this apartment is because it was so dirt cheap and, you know, luckily, you know, we're, we're able to live very minimally and kind of save up. But I do have, you know, Emily does, you know, pretty much cover all of the, you know, food costs and we are saving quite a bit to try to get a heads up, a head start on finding a house in a couple of years. But, you know, luckily she, she, I mean, she finished with, we, she, she finished her master's degree. So she is, you know, kind of in a decent, you know, way where, you know, she can be in a, put a, a ring on that, pain. Brian. Yeah, no, put I'm trying. Yeah, man. <laughs> Don't let her here? get away. I, I'm brother. paying my, the problem is I'm, I'm paying the bills and there's not a whole lot left over. Literally yeah, the yeah. next, next couple thousands I get, you know, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting a ring for sure. 
So I don't know if she's listening, thing. Emily. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, make sure she doesn't listen. You want it right. to be a surprise. I, I suppose but, she probably. You guys have talked about it, but I, here's oh, the sure. thing. I will say, um, if you're doing what you say you're doing, and and I believe you, I think you're already a success. So just just yeah. know that from this point forward, you're just gonna have to essentially find that the the middle ground in everything that you do. So like. Let's just say you'd profit uh, $200 on a knife, right? Sure. So after all said and done, you sell the blade, you get 200 bucks in your pocket. Next knife you sell, find out, how do I make 210 And yeah. climb what I, I use the term climb the ladder. Every single thing you do, you're learning how to do it more efficiently and how to profit from it better, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to turn that 200 into 400 right away right that's not realistic a lot of people think oh now i need to double my profits or you know 50 percent, whatever it is look it is a stepping stone every single thing you do should be based in efficiency changing things up and then figuring it out from that point forward that okay so maybe you know in five years you've got a person helping you you know you're you've got better marketing you're you know you're really a, now you're a personality people are really paying attention to what you're doing you just have to continue doing that mm-hmm. and that's the that's from you know I think a lot of people give up before they even get halfway there or yeah. even 10% of the way there they sure. give up because it's very disheartening yeah but For sure. you sound like you're already in a successful space i mean if you're already yep. paying the bills dude congratulations Hell yeah bro. dude i'm Thank not you. kidding you that's a Seriously. big deal man i don't know because you know right now i'm i'm kind of getting to the point where you know it would be really nice to be able to go above and beyond the bills just a little bit so i'm i'm looking sure. at maybe getting like a small part-time job just to fill in between now and where that success really starts jumping off but then on the other hand you know that will take away 30 hours of my week that i could be spending on getting closer to that success so there's yeah. this weird, you know, that's a you good know, point. back and forth in my mind where it's like, do do I, you know, jump on an easy job and just try to make that work for a year, or do I, you know, really go balls to the wall and live kind of, you know, try to continue to live below my means so that I can keep saving and trying to make these make these goals happen. It, I don't know, man. It's it's a trade off for sure. Yeah, yeah, I could. Well, see only that. you can answer that. You know, yeah, for sure. I think I think um, if you. The, uh, the advice I give you is all um, anecdotal because you know, I'm not yeah. you. But uh, I, I will say that I'm a big fan of taking the risks. And if you're already where you are, my advice would be to continue moving forward yeah. and spending your time on pursuits that will be your own and yeah. not working for someone else. Now, yeah. if you you know told me like, hey, man, there's no food in the fridge, you know, that's a different yeah. story. For sure. You know, I, you know, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. So I think, you know, if it were me, I wish I had done it sooner. You know, I spent six years working for other people and not that I regret it, but I feel like I could have been six years further yeah. ahead. Yeah. Well, those but, six years, I'm sure you lo- you learned a lot of lessons that, you know, some of it might just be, you know, I hate working under somebody and I need true. to, you know, bust my ass to make this happen myself. And yeah, that that's true. It was yeah. a, it was a great motivator, man. Just to yeah. like have an idiot for a boss yeah. for a yeah. lot of years and just be like, okay, <laughs> right? I, I can't do this anymore. Five well, years at Target and a couple months at a factory has definitely done that to me. Yeah, <laughs> it will. De- that would do. Yeah, for sure. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, to, like to try. 
I've experienced that for a while now, right? Is to try to work a full-time job or even a part-time job and focus enough of your attention on your quote side gig to try to flip that into a full-time thing. That's really, really, really hard. Right. And I mean, yo, I think the success stories always jump out. Right. And you hear folks on YouTube like Bob Claggett, like uh, other people who, you know, grounded out for a period of however many years until they went full time. Those years where they were grinding it out are so far behind them. I think a lot of them have probably forgotten how miserable they are. But it is, you know. There's a reason those people are kind of the minority. They, you know, everybody says keep your day job as long as you possibly can, and it, and at some level, both sides suffer, right? The day mm-hmm. job suffers, your job, your business suffers, and yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm seeing a little bit more of the advantage of like take the leap, you know, and you'll know maybe when the opportunity's right or wrong or when you're presented with something that makes sense or a time period, you know, like we've talked before, I look at what I've got coming in my future uh, as an opportunity. What I make of that is still, you know, uh, still unsure completely, but every day the picture gets a little clearer and a little clearer and a little clearer because I'm allowing myself to devote time to that, right? And, yeah. and I found a way to, to make that. So even though it's not going to be easy, right. And, um, you know, I'll have a lot of challenges coming up in the future here with, you know, not getting paychecks every week or every two weeks, but that time, as much as I possibly can, given health and everything else is going to be devoted towards what is next what is next what is next and 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 working on building that you know um it takes so much to build a business now Mm -hmm. well ben if i could give you some advice i know one thing that you could do yeah that will definitely ensure your success what's that work for it yeah you have to work for gotta it. Work. You got to work for you it. Work. <laughs> I sucked yeah, you right buddy. into that one. <laughs> and uh, with that, I'm going to say that that's a show. Love it. Gentlemen. Hour and I appreciate a half. Great you guys. show, guys. Ba-boom. Yeah, Good hour job. and a half. And we uh, we've definitely um, got a lot out. We talked it through. And, and I feel like we're just we're back at it. And uh, this week, I, I am, I'll tell you, I, I was sad not to talk to you guys last week. It sucked. But it was for a good reason. I, I made a major stride in my, my business and my, my progression as an yeah. owner of a business. So, yeah, man. Listen, gentlemen, I appreciate you. And I want to let all of our patrons know that if you're supporting us on Patreon, which you can do for as little as $1 a month, thank you. Yes. You have given that dollar. By the way, guys, I don't know if you noticed. Ben, I don't know if you get these reports or not, but we made $22 last month. Ching in ad revenue nice. now yep. the ads that i hear on our show i never understand them. Oh, in french mcdonald's couple spanish yeah yeah but it, you know what i actually really like it because i'm just like well they're not like a traditional ad you know right. and i listen right. to these these like people talking and i'm just like i love french it's like a beautiful it's, it's a love language love, right yeah yep, it's beautiful language. so yeah, we're all gonna so. learn french and do the entire show to mold around those ads, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my God! Wee oui, wee, oui, Brian. Wee oui, wee. Oui. We'll go get some red wine and some cigarettes. Hey. <laughs> you like <laughs> 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 All right, gents. Listen, we'll catch up with you next week. And if you're listening to this Work for It podcast, I hope you have an awesome working week. We will see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you guys. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Adios. Later. Adios, amigos. We'll see you later. See you later. I don't know how to say goodbye in French other than au revoir. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Does that work? Bueno. Sure. Bueno, bueno. Wee wee. Wee wee. Wee wee. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save